This is Music Mentality with Angie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome back. I'm Angie, she, her pronouns, and today is a special day. Today is a little bit different in that I will be speaking with a local duo that go by the name of Friday Empire. The duo consists of Joe, he, him pronouns, and Jacob, also he, him pronouns. The two talk about what it's like to work collaboratively as opposed to being solo artists and the hardships and joys that come with that. They also talk about the challenges that they've come across as being small artists and turning their emotions into music. In this episode, we also take a deeper dive into their music, three of their songs and what they mean and how they were created. And they're really, really cool. And you guys are going to love this episode. How are you guys? Okay, first of all, please introduce yourselves because I do not know who to. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm Jacob. Okay, nice to meet you. How are you? Good, good. Um, busy with life, you know, balancing a few jobs, volunteering and stuff. But you know what? Like, I think you guys know the life of an artist and you know a not a non nine to five lifestyle and like the instability that comes with it yes <laughs> yeah so that's yeah that's kind of what I'm dealing with um now but you guys clearly both have like your roles your designated roles within your little band but you guys also both play guitar you guys also both sing um two things I first of all imagine there must be some creative differences there given the fact that you guys both contribute to the band but also how did you designate like who does what yeah so Joe and I uh, were very opposite so it falls very naturally that oh. um I'm gonna play my roles he's gonna play his uh, but that also leads to a lot of creative differences true and and so we kind of figured like um if an idea or a song that we're discussing can make it fast, both of our very different um, ideologies on things, then it must be not half bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I know I remember reading about the fact that one of you guys likes hip hop and the other one likes rock and roll, which are two pretty different genres. So how did you guys find like that middle ground? And is it a middle ground? Like, do you are you guys both? very satisfied with your music and is it the kind of music you'd listen to it's just a weird question I know but <laughs> no it's good yeah like as much as um Joe likes hip-hop he's still a rock and roller at art too <laughs> I like rock and roll I I love hip-hop as well and I'm sure there's lots of similarities in what we find you know the attitude and everything about it yeah um and it took it actually took a while um 
before we could actually get a sound that we both liked. Oh, yeah. We you know bickered I mean? for like a year. For a long time. Wow. Like an old married couple already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So how did you like push past that? Because I know that when I'm like writing music with my friends, you know, there's a lot of, I write darker music. And then one of my friends is like, wow, that's like really dark. I'm not sure if I like that. And then my other friend is like, wait, no, but it has to be even darker. And then anyways, there's like so much clashing that it's like, would we even be good as a band? How did you guys decide that you'd be good as a band? <laughs> that's a really good question, actually. That is, we, yeah. It, wow. <laughs> it's that weird, like puzzle thing when you're so opposite, it kind of just works well. Cause like, I musically I'm gonna make very bubbly very happy things and Joe's gonna do the opposite I'm the emo one yeah Joe's emo. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you Joe (laughs) there you go but I mean rock and roll can be like pretty emo too (laughs) yeah it's a cool overlap for sure yeah I could imagine I mean you definitely have both of your personalities in there okay here's an interesting question though what would you say the other person's strengths and weaknesses are and what they contribute to the band. Ooh. Ooh. You want greatest strength and biggest weakness? Very critical. Oh, yeah. You oh. Know? So it'll be like, because sometimes I'll be satisfied with something mm-hmm. and then he'll be like, no, we got to push it this little bit further. And that'll like bring it to a next level. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Has it ever become something that you don't necessarily like i'm so sorry if i'm like making no, you guys it's, uneasy it's all good it's all good um yeah yeah and so like that's another thing talked about um and like um it takes a while to develop the friendship or like the relationship um before you can understand each other and then that translates musically mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah do you have an answer yet um, what are you thinking? I can definitely say your strength is um, more lyrically and like vocals. You have a really neat perspective on things. Um, could also be your weakness if I if I take yep. your take your question there. Yeah. Uh, um, just because of you know it, uh, as much as it can push, it uh, it sometimes allows a very um, intense intense view. True. That yeah, which is very interesting sometimes as well. Yeah. So how do you guys like work through these creative differences and these like, I guess, weaknesses, quote unquote? <laughs> hmm. Um, honestly, a lot of um, communication, learning, mm. um, ping pong, ping pong, just like throwing ideas back and forth and then just saying, hey, I don't like that. Let's do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we'll like throw like. One of us will take the initiative, throw an idea out there, and then someone will have something to say about it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so at that point, we can like give our feedback and then it ping pongs. And so it'll like kind of roll into a bigger ball of elastics. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's just an amazing technique. I know that when I'm like writing music with my friends, um, you know, one thing that we kind of like to set in stone is that there are no bad ideas even the bad ideas are not bad ideas and you just gotta like let them out so that you can get the good ones in mm-hmm. so have any of you guys ever fallen in love with a bad idea bad idea the other person just did not like it and that person did really like it like how do you work through that <laughs> Ooh, um <laughs> i would say 
that's definitely happened. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific time, but that that dynamic is very familiar. Um, it's really interesting when like, because often when we like write stuff or write lyrics, it may just be a line, it may be a full verse. We'll do it sometimes on our own, sometimes together. Um, but I, it's really interesting because I have a very different lyrical stance than Joe. So I'll bring like an idea to him and Joe will just be like, that's pretty nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought this was, this is so cool. And I'm like, right. But it was pretty nerdy. Right, right. <laughs> Or I'll bring something and he's like, well, that's way too emo. Yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> so Is there such it. thing as way too emo, though? Come on now. <laughs> I, not in my opinion. But, uh, <laughs> to each their own. That's absolutely right. Okay, well, obviously, you guys work pretty well as a team together. But one of the most important things about teamwork is showing up and the thing is, showing up can be so difficult. From what I gather, you guys are friends before bandmates, or did you guys become friends during this formation? Like, is there a friendship established? Um, no, we're practically strangers. And then we oh. start playing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. cool. Very so, cool. So I think something that may have, like, um, helped us to push past our own issues was, like, wanting to do music as the goal mm. I, I think that really helps um because although we come at it from different angles we're still working towards the same thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely I use music as like my coping strategy when I'm feeling off but that being said I know that there are certain days when either my friends or me were feeling very off or feeling very anxious or we're dealing with personal struggles and we can't show up. And sometimes that causes friction between people um, or at least from what I've seen with others where it's like, you know, one week they're feeling off the next and the next and the next. And it's like, there's only so much you can be understanding towards, but also you want to continue to be understanding. So how do you guys maneuver that? And has that ever been a problem? From like perspective, it does, hasn't ever really seemed to be a problem. And I'm sure there's been those feelings and everything, but I think we've kind of approached music as that way to get through that spot. Yeah, yeah. I see you nodding. I feel like you're thinking, but you're not I, saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking how to word it. Um, <laughs> Hmm. I yeah, I would say. Um, well, have you ever had that moment where you just didn't want to show up, but you still pushed yourself to show up? Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes uh, the bed's just way too comfy, hmm. you know, and it's like yeah. um, and there's a lot of things like um, on one's mind that could like make that bed even more comfy, you know, and so mm -hmm. it's like. Um, look at you speaking in lyrics <laughs> yeah. um and so like yeah sometimes there are uh tough days to show up mm -hmm. uh, but yeah coming back to music being the goal um that you know um that's kind of the way that I can get through yeah and has it always been the way like even before you guys formed a band like has it been your safe haven from the very get-go? Yeah. Um, for me, I used to write 
um, little songs as a kid. And so I think even then it kind of started to um, be a good way to like cope and like express what I wanted to express, especially because as a kid, you don't have um, those right words, you know? And even as um, an adult, it can be hard to find the word, the, the right words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I was right about to point to you. <laughs> For me, music is a, a little newer. Um, talking after Joe, uh, I kind of got more into music a little later. Um, before that, it was like movies and film soundtracks and that kind of stuff, which again, still the arts. Yeah, yeah, led into music and that kind of thing. But yeah, that's the arts have always been kind of like a, a space. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm really glad to hear that it's always been your safe space. And did you guys both always know that you wanted to go into the arts industry? Have you guys always had that support from each other and from your support systems? Um, I've, I've always known, um, but I've sometimes doubted it, um, which is a, um, a bit of a twist on like someone coming to music. You know what I'm saying? So there, there was times when I actually... Um, I always wanted to, but I would like doubt if I could or should. Well, where's that doubt coming from? Why were you doubting it? Ooh. Um, I think a lot of it's like um, pressures to get um, a real job. Mm. Quote unquote. You know, um, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, things like that make it hard for me at least. Yeah, the stigma in the industry definitely makes it a big hill to climb. Yeah, like a hungry artist. Definitely. So is this both of your full-time jobs now? Like, do you guys know now that you're, this is what you want to pursue and how do you feel about that? Yeah. Like, so 2020 hit and, uh, when, like, even if we were working, well, I was, it, it was gone once 2020 hit. So we kind of pushed music to be full-time once mm-hmm. things opened back up. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely scary. That's for sure. Like not knowing in two months if you're going to be doing anything kind of deal you're always booking and booking and booking so how the fuck did you push past that because that is a common struggle like being like I'm scared you know like I'm just going to try but like I'm not going to give it my all because like realistically I need this and that like how do you push past that I've noticed like for me I've noticed uh it comes in waves almost where we'll we'll book uh, two months solid and we'll be making music and we'll be doing stuff on social media and it will all be going well and then there'll be a month where we have nothing going on and mm. we're struggling to put pieces together yeah it yeah. sounds like a, like a writer's block yeah 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 so during that month like do you ever feel I know that you know that two month mm. here I'm gonna use this in other words so someone once told me that um the greatest strength about a cheetah, what they're known for is their speed, but more than 80% of the time, they're actually sleeping and they're resting and they're like accumulating that speed to then sprint. Um, yet they're known for their speed. But in my experience, you know, that rest, that downtime, that, um, the universe isn't working with me time is really difficult. And it's almost like, okay, well, this was clearly not for me. And, you know, people tell you either, listen to the signs from the universe and like, listen to your intuition. And like, if nothing's working out, then maybe like find a different route and like, maybe like find something else. But then the other people are like, we'll push through that and like, and they keep chasing it and like, keep, keep being determined with it. So like, which one is it? And what's that balance there? And how do you push it? <laughs> Ooh. Um, 
that's a good question. So I feel I can relate to the cheetah. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of sleep, you know, <laughs> my beauty sleep. Um, but, um, but this man has, um, he has a great amount of drive. I'm pretty obsessed. He's, yeah. <laughs> he is. And so it's, um, it's inspiring to me to, um, there is some healthy competition mm-hmm. going on. Um, so like it, it's inspiring to me to um kind of push past um what i think i can do but mm-hmm. i also think um i also think that like i can teach him how to chill in some ways you know what i mean and like it's good balance yeah, get better at the rest days. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm good at those. <laughs> I struggle with the day off. Anytime. Yeah. I I definitely, I relate to that. I really struggle with the day off. I like work four different jobs and I do this and then I'm also a student. Anyway, so Jeez. I'm going to push some buttons here though. Um, And like I'm pushing my own buttons here as well, but is obsession a good thing? Because you put it into a very good light, but is it a good thing? Nope. Well, uh... <laughs> I do say so. Uh, it's, it's good and bad. It's really nice to that, have that drive. And, um, you know, it's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> but it, it's also really hard because then it, if there's a time where I'm I'm given a day off, I'm, I find myself using that entire day to do music and go back into doing that. And I, I just, yeah, it's, it's definitely a give and take. Mm-hmm. So... For like, um, I would say for um, mental health, obsession can like go too far, but mm-hmm. it's really good for productivity. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you could like, like harness the obsession. And Just like, like sprinkle it when you need it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's something there that like. Um, not everyone has mm-hmm. yeah I find being obsessed is you're right both a strength and a weakness I don't know if you guys have ever watched soul <laughs> it's like one of my favorite movies I think I've mentioned it like three or four times with my other interviews but um, it basically depicts how obsession can really well this love and obsession can really easily turn into losing yourself and that's something that I've experienced where you know music was my safe place and I loved making music and playing music but then all of a sudden it became so obsessed and like wanted it to make it my life that now when I'm going to rest I used to go to music but now it's the very thing that I'm restless about so where do you turn to you know have you guys ever felt that we we definitely we we talk about this a lot uh, between the two of us that idea that uh, it's very different. Uh, Joe comes from a very musical household, so mm. he's surrounded by music, and I don't. I come from the opposite. Um, so mm-hmm. Joe's found a separate safe space other than music, whereas music for me is the safe space. It's very interesting. That is really interesting. I I found um, because it because music surrounds me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted ways to um, well, one get away from it. Mm-hmm. Two, choose it for myself versus like just kind of growing up with it you know I wanted my my own kind of music um but for me the gym's a great outlet or like 
exercising that that's the one thing i do that helps because it's not um i don't have to think about it as much as music so it gives my mind a little break i can i can just like try and find motivation versus <laughs> thinking about um what to say i guess well have you ever had any have you ever had any problems with obsession in terms of your coping strategies i remember when the gym was my um, go to, I overdid it. Like I would go three to four hours a day and it was really bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of, I like to think I'm on the, um, less extreme side of my gym phase, but there, there was a phase, um, yeah, there, there was a phase when I overdid it. Um, and I was just like, I was just super sore and like tired all the time and like, and that's kind of part of the gym, but like just <laughs> way too much. And it like, so I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to do music, which was my main goal. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What's your creative outlet? I, or your mental I, health outlet? <laughs> I, I write I, it music. I write it constantly. <laughs> so music is it? Yeah. Music is it. There's a million and a half songs. I've never showed anyone that I just, I write every day. It's all I do. So then isn't it difficult to like mesh your safe place and your, you know, career, your full-time career together, because that almost takes away from the safe place, doesn't it? A, a little bit in some ways. Uh, in other ways, it almost feels a little relieving that, that like there's days where I can just be comfortable doing that thing that I do and then I get paid for it and I can survive with that. And it's like, it's kind of like a full circle thing. As There are times when it's really hard that it feels like it's stabbing down on that safe space um but it's the good times really make up for it okay that's good so it seems like you have that balance but it's really difficult to achieve that balance so clearly you know writing music is a form of rest for you but what happens when you have that writer's block and you're in that down month where it's not working out where do you find rest because I'm still trying to figure out what what rest means to me uh I often during those times I'll go to I, I'll watch a lot of movies. I'm big into movies or like comedies, stuff like that, uh, like stand-up stuff. That's kind of my other safe space if I had to pick one, you know? Nice. I'm going to see John Mulaney soon. <laughs> yeah. And what about you? Um, so for me, um, if I'm not writing, well, doing music or at the gym, probably like um, I'm playing video games with the homies. <laughs> nice because yeah I mean like when you can find good friends it's just it's really helpful yeah support systems are really really important have you guys ever felt a lack of a support system um I'd say yes and no some days it feels like there's more some days it feels like there's none interesting Really interesting. So what do you mean by that? Like, is it because some days you might not get the answers that you're looking for, or you might not be able to talk to some of your friends? Or is it why yes and no? It's more of an outlook, I'd say. Some days I feel like I'm on top of the world and I have the support of all my friends and family. Other days I really focus down. I feel like I'm the smallest in the world and, you know, you don't really mean much, but then there's those big days as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's, um, 
I would say something similar to Jacob. Um, I find um, I get support in different ways. You know what I mean? So, like, in terms of, like, um, family stuff, they're always there for me. You know what I mean? Like, um, That's good. Of, um, like, acts of service, I would say, is mm. a love language. I was going to say, bringing in the love languages here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it's, I guess, I guess a, a struggle is, like, communicating. Mm -hmm. like communicating um what i'm feeling essentially yeah i can imagine that's really difficult and it makes me happy that you brought up love languages so do you guys think that your love languages coincide or clash ever and unless you don't know your love language jacob in which case go go do the test (laughs) okay that's a valid that's a valid answer and one thing that this is like almost embarrassing to admit, but I know it's a very natural feeling as well. But sometimes when things are going well or they're going bad, you fall into this um, headspace and you can't like reach your friends or something, but you have fallen into this headspace where you're like, whatever, I don't need anyone. I'm good all on my own. Like, watch me, you know, I'm fine. I'm like fucking great. Is that something that you guys have ever felt? And I know it's like really difficult to admit to it because no one wants to be like, no, I'm not like that. Like we all want to stay humble, but right. at the end of the day, all of us do feel these feelings sometimes. And I just want to see if you guys have ever felt that way. I feel like deep down we each are like, we want to be like that lone cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, we're both um, pretty independent people generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, two lone cowboys, but we're like, we're in the same saloon you know what i mean um yeah yeah that's i mean that's valid so you guys are not two lone cowboys <laughs> you guys are together yeah, <laughs> and speaking of being together um so joe you write a lot of emo lyrics right have you guys ever questioned each other's you know mental headspace with the lyrics that the other person might bring forward mm. um questioned it or were concerned by it we're concerned by it is better wording <laughs> okay i'm just curious um hmm. i haven't worried about yours are you worried about mine <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so I don't okay think so. okay <laughs> a little surprised but that's cool that's cool yeah okay, no okay. You, you you write some dark things but yeah <laughs> that's just your your lyrics too you know yeah yeah I think because um, Hummel said that my lyrics don't necessarily match my personality, like what I come off. Your exterior personality or because, I mean, you know, I did a lot of poetry growing up and, you know, some of the things that I write are pretty dark and they come from somewhere. And sometimes I don't even I'm not even aware of it, but they do come from somewhere. So do they ever come from somewhere deeper than your exterior yeah, I I would say um, so. In Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, he has a quote: um, "I'm a principal optimist, but a personal pessimist." So mm. I take that quote to be like, um, I try to be optimistic, and I think it's very valuable to be. Um, but it's some. It, it's hard to 
always be optimistic, you know, even if you're generally an optimistic person. So do you force yourself to be optimistic when you're not in the mood to be optimistic? Um, I, to some degree, yes. Um, I would say um, I've been learning to push myself to do the things that will help me like and um learning what those things are versus like okay don't push yourself to go out this night but push yourself to eat a good meal or like you know Mm. um so learning when to do those was really helpful for me Mm -hmm. yeah that's a difficult lesson to learn though like it's takes trial and error, at least for me to, you know, know my boundaries, know my line, know when I push too much or not enough. And what it be, what about you, Jacob? More optimistic, pessimistic? I'm, I'm definitely pessimistic, but at <laughs> heart, I think I'm an optimist. You know? Oh, it's like the opposite. You guys are really opposites, huh? Yeah. Almost exact opposites. Yeah. That wasn't planned, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I imagine not. This is not a question that I'm sure you guys are expecting. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus in on the negatives because, like Joe said, it's sometimes uh, nice to focus on what you feel will help you grow. Um, I, not always in the healthiest way, but I do like to focus on the, the steps that I can take and moving forward. Um, well, that sounds pretty optimistic to me. In a weirdly pessimistic way. <laughs> pessimistic or realistic? I know that realism and pessimism fall hand in hand a lot. But I've heard otherwise. I would, I've called it pessimism. He's called it realism. But that's <laughs> coming from like an optimist kind of. So. Interesting. So does that ever clash where you're like feeling optimistic and like, you're like, yeah, let's go. And you're like, dude, chill. <laughs> A yeah. lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot, but I feel like we found a way around it with like musically because we've um, we both really like the mix of um, kind of more uh, emotional, deeper lyrics with a very happy exterior sound um, and like a thumping. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That reminds me of your song "Lucky One." I really like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, and I mean, I'd actually love to talk about your music for a little bit. Lucky One is one song that I really like, but I also want to talk about Misbehave in Hollywood. So let's start off with Lucky One. How did you guys decide to write that song? What do the lyrics mean to you? What is that song? Elaborate on it. Um, that one was one of the first ones we wrote. Oh, um, wow. We, I, we just wrote it on acoustic guitars. In um, my backyard. Yeah, in Joe's backyard. Um, recorded most of it out in his backyard too. Oh wow! What? Yeah, like with your so, phones, or did you grab a microphone? How did you do that? Uh, mic above uh, a fold-up table and just whacked it a bunch and used that to make the drums. That is like, so cool! Wow, that's really creative. A lot of people think you need this like super expensive equipment and studio space to create music and to create art, but I guess that's obviously not the case. I mean, my my roommate just did that the other day. She put my microphone in her uh, guitar case and like started using that as a drum. So, I mean, you guys clearly use your resources and Lucky One obviously really took off. It's doing really well. And what about the lyrics? Who wrote the lyrics? That was Joe. I wrote the lyrics on that one. We both... um write the lyrics and as time's gone on it's been more collaborative yeah more collaborative but this one 
was uh, a lot of me on it. Um, I wrote the lyrics um, mostly just out of like anger and like like bitterness, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, there there's just times when you're angry, and I I thought that would be the best way to do it because I'm not like it doesn't sound that angry I don't think you know but if one were to look at the lyrics like they'd probably pick up on some of the cynicism I guess so are you comfortable with sharing why you were so angry and what inspired this song um it um um so (laughs) it, it was a mix um it was kind of my um my position in life during like in school like university um I was like angry about that because I didn't I didn't really feel I belonged and then like um a relationship uh that I it, it was I cared about that relationship a lot and it uh and then it got me angry for a bit, um, but it's not that person's fault. They don't, you know, like that's a me moment. That's not, that's not there. I mean, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is or anything. It's about what you're feeling, right? That's all that really matters at the end of the day, even in any situation, even like your relationship with university and yourself, it's not like it's one or the other person's fault or one institution or the person's fault. It's, um, it's just the way that you're feeling. And I think it's totally valid and you don't have to, I feel like we're very quick to point fingers and try to dig down to understand who made us feel a certain way or why we're feeling a certain type of way when reality is, you know, this is what we're feeling and that it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, props to you for being so vulnerable and being able to like hit out such an amazing song with that, with those feelings. <laughs> Thanks. And what song would you say resonates most with you both? One or the other. Mm, I'll start. Yeah, you start. Um, my, for me, it's our song Hollywood. It's the only, of course, I'm going to say that it's <laughs> the only song I sing on uh, for lead. Um, but for me, uh, it's, I wrote most of the lyrics on that one. Um, it's kind of it kind of represents the questioning of being an artist that what everyone tells you versus what may or may not happen. Um, the first line is they say to go to Hollywood, it'll make your dreams come true now, won't it? With a question, it's kind of be kind of to be that you know it may or may not happen. You may or may not find a career in this field. You may or may not succeed. With what a lot mean. of uncertainty. Yes, absolutely. And do you think Hollywood is the place to be then? I kind of used it lyrically as the representation of um, kind of the entertainment industry. Yeah, because I find almost every single artist that I listen to, they have at least one reference towards going to Hollywood and going to California and like trying to make your dreams come true there. And uh, not long ago, I actually spoke to someone and I was like, I want to be in the music industry more. Like, do you guys have any like connections? Like, what can I do? And that person told me, you know, the music industry is not a location. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to have any special equipment, as I've mentioned. It's really just more of a state of mind and going and doing and putting yourself out there and trying. And, you know, it's like, 
I'd rather say every day is my day one than say one day every day. So just like a little bit of a tongue twister there. But um, that's something that's really interesting because I mean, even me, a part of me was like, shit, like I really want to go to California one day. But then I look at pictures and I'm like, I don't know if I want to be there to be completely honest. So is it a goal of your of yours to get there one day? Maybe it was at some point, and maybe that's why I used it as the lyric, but I think um, with the whole world kind of going on a level playing field once 2020 hit, it was kind of eye-opening that, like, from your room on TikTok, you could be in Hollywood on the screens. Very true. So it was kind of like, they say to go to Hollywood, but why would I now? Yeah, and that's true. What about you, Joe? Would you want to go to Hollywood? Um, I would like to go to, um, what Hollywood represents in that song. Mm. I, um, I don't think for me, um, Hollywood specifically is the place to be, but like, I've always thought like Nashville or New York, like that would be pretty cool. You know, one of those. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> interesting that you say that so how do you make your headspace hollywood if that makes sense um like how do you turn your room into a hollywood atmosphere with i mean yes you could use tiktok but like at the end of the day also live music hits different you know every artist wants to be able to play live as opposed to like in front of a screen right yeah so how do you turn your mind into hollywood um for like on stage when i'm about that's up to you I was gonna well that is actually a really good way to put it on stage yeah like when you're performing in front of a big crowd or a small crowd like do you have that Hollywood state of mind where you're like yes like I'm performing a show this is it this is what dreams are made of um but also how do you keep that how do you harness that from the comfort of your bedroom it's we've been talking about that a little bit lately that um we do we don't always have that mentality there's been times where we're playing a gig in a pub in the middle of nowhere to an empty room and you don't really feel like you're in Hollywood um but lately we've kind of been trying to take the turn of if we kind of treat everything like we're on top of the world we're Hollywood stars um it's going to look so much better to those two or three people who see it that's very true that is a difficult thing to do though and I get how difficult it can be um but and and I think people often you know they see celebrities and singers and actors and all these people on tv and they're like wow like I want that I want to be that like they got it so easy or like we see people blow up on tiktok and all of a sudden they're being flown to la and like pursuing their dreams and stuff and it just like it goes from zero to 100 so quickly but that's not the reality like for the other 99 percent of of the one percent who put in the effort to try and get there it's difficult and there's a lot of difficulties that come with it and it's a slow fucking process and it takes a lot of patience so what has been the hardest thing for you um so for me there's an AJR song that describes this very well. Um, it's called Come Hang Out. Um, it talks about how chasing your dream can, in this case, music, can take you away from those who you care about, like mm. your friends and your family. And so, um, yeah, that, that's been a big struggle for me because those are like 
Because, like, what's life about other than, like, good friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it's been, like, the balance of this dream, my friends, you know, like, and how. Yeah. Like, are you really living the dream if your friends aren't there with you in it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been probably my biggest struggle. What about you? For me, it's been mostly the harsh realities of some of the um, things that you come across um, trying to do this. Uh, like Joe said, not you're always busy during weekends, you know, when your friends want to hang out. That's that's your work weekend, you know. Um, but definitely in the social atmosphere of being out and playing in front of people, um, it's really draining to kind of be a performer kind of. Uh, people don't always treat you uh, like another human when you're the performer. So it's very interesting and draining what we go through. What do you mean? Stuff. Sorry, I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Um, there's a lot of examples where because we're being paid to be there, people treat that as like we're a service and goods act that anybody can come up, hand us a $50 bill and expect us to sing and dance whatever they want to see. Um, or, and I hate complaining about this because we have it incredibly easy, but we still experience a lot of, like, there'll be old ladies at the bar trying to hit on us and touch us inappropriately and stuff like that. And so we can't even, you know, fathom what, how other people may have it. Um, but it's, it's just insanely draining to have to keep up that act. Yeah. I mean, not I could imagine. I do know. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Um, it is really difficult, especially like feeling the need to accommodate all these different people who come from all these different places and really don't know boundaries that well. And it's like, on one hand, you're getting paid, but on the other hand, when do you know when to say no? And that, and that is like for so many different aspects, like in the scenario you just showed me, absolutely. It's kind of really difficult to say, fuck off essentially. Like, I know you're paying me, but please stop. Um, and that is, it's like the arts industry. I feel like anyone in the arts industry is so prone to being taken advantage of, whether it's, you know, physically or if it's for their work. I know like when, so I used to be a photographer and like I had honestly all, almost all my friends like, hey, I know you're listening to this. Hey, I'm talking about you. So <laughs> all of my friends, they would like be like, oh, like, hey, can you just like come photograph this event or photograph me over here? Give me a photo shoot here. And I'm like, yeah, like I can, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna charge you, but like shit, that's like a good two hours of my time plus editing the pictures. And it makes it really difficult. And same thing with like producing music. Like sometimes I produce music and some of my friends are like, oh, like, can you help me write this? Or can you do this for me and stuff? And it's like, to a certain degree, you just get taken advantage of really easily. So how do you know when to say no? I'm between the two of us, I think I'm the better one. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true. Uh, I I will often just, I try to steer myself away. I'll just, I, I'm really good at walking away from situations and not feeling bad about it. Good. Sounds like you're good with confrontation. Yeah. Joe's pretty talkative. But... I, yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time, like, rejecting people or like potentially maybe hurting their feelings um and if I walk away from a situation sometimes I'll just feel really bad about it even if like it was warranted like even mm -hmm. if it was the right thing for me to walk away because that person was like being rude or something 
Mm-hmm. It's it is hard. It's hard to walk away and like not feel guilty. And I feel like that internalized guilt is something that so many people have to deal with and like not knowing when to necessarily walk away. So it's really nice that you guys have that balance and you guys are able to, I guess, ground each other in that. Um, I also want to talk about Misbehave, your song Misbehave. Um, So who wrote that one? Yeah, we co-wrote that one, but I sing it. Um, um, So that one was, um, that was essentially what I have learned from life so far. I'd like to think like, like kind of, um, through all of my thinking, um, it's like the course really sums it up to me. Um, if I die tomorrow, I'll take to my grave, the finer things in life and my will to misbehave. Um, so it's essentially like, it's a metaphor for music and like chasing your dream and like if I die tomorrow, what would I want to be doing? You know. So, what, what are the finer things in life? Ooh. Finer things in life. Um. Ooh. So yeah, what are you taking to your grave? Yeah, that that the finer things in life. Well, that's that's about like the uh, the things I've learned are are the finer things in life. You know. The um, lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, like learning when to push yourself versus stepping back or like learning essentially balance. Mm. I think, um, I think balance is the hardest thing to learn, but the most important thing. Oh, it's hard to learn balance. Absolutely. And what about you, Jacob? What are the finer things in life for you? Um, I do like really like a nice fresh bed sheet kind of deal. (laughs) Um, But um, the finer things in life, maybe it's um, someone's presence, appreciating that for a second longer than you normally would have. Something like that, you know? I love that. But then you contrast it with misbehaving. What does misbehaving entail? Because, you know, sometimes misbehaving can be a really great thing. I know that... um, you know, my parents really wanted me, be, me to become a lawyer. And 13 days before my LSAT, I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to be, I'm actually like graduating early and like starting a new degree. And that was to my parents misbehaving essentially, because I mean, I was supposed to be a lawyer and now I, you know, I'm, I'm recording a podcast from my closet. So <laughs> yeah. So what does misbehaving mean? And why wouldn't you take it to your grave? Um. To me, that's um, making my own path. Um, specifically, um, music is the one thing that I've just been like kept doing, even if it like if there was thing like problems that kept me from doing it or mm-hmm. like, things I had to work through. Like that was the one thing that um, I've kept kept doing. So like, yeah. Is that misbehaving? <laughs> well, of course, like depending on who you ask, because um, it would have been a lot easier if I had just gotten a regular job way back. 
and like not had to go against the grain would that have been better though well that's that's the thing I, I just I just couldn't give it up so stability is boring <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's the thing so. so what about you Jacob do you resonate with the idea of not taking misbehaving to your grave I'm not much of a rule follower to begin with um and I don't know. Um, well, the idea to go to misbehave, to go against the grain, I think, to me, is admirable. So that's. I think it's admirable too. I think it's it takes a lot of courage, and it's difficult to go against the grain. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. It makes people built different to do that. <laughs> you know. Well, honestly, at the end of the day, like pursuing the arts generally is socially misbehaving like it is because at the end of the day what we grow up learning is that you know we go to elementary school high school we go then go to university and you know if you're above average again quote unquote I do not believe this then you go to college and if you are just a nobody then you don't go to either and like who do you become you become a nobody and you become a hungry artist and then like you you just become this um person that people shouldn't look up to and stuff and it's like all these difficulty like different pressures weighing down on you where it's like we forget that we don't live for society we don't live for our parents we don't live for our friends we only live for us and like the hell like who's to say that university is even a good decision like for a lot of people it's a waste of time and money it's overrated same thing with college like a lot of people do better without these things and they go way further than if they would have gone if they went to university you know, I'm still trying to get used to being a small fish in the ocean. Um, but I've learned a lot from Hummel because he's actually very good at um, maybe not being the best in the room, but like working <laughs> towards that. Whereas if there's anyone better than me, I'm out. Like, so I, I've been trying to learn from that because he, yeah. he takes like practical steps and I'll, I'll just run away. I feel like that also comes from like a perfectionist mindset in like a different than traditional perfectionist way where it's like we strive obviously to be the best, but um, what what does the best mean? Because the arts are so subjective. Like, like for someone, I don't know, the Beatles, awesome band, obviously, could be the, like the best band in the world, but for someone else, they might not like the Beatles and they, they I don't know, they might be like, no, um, the Beatles are okay, but I think- fuck I don't know Beyonce is the best so like <laughs> there's like so much room for success and it's funny that you mentioned that you know people are supportive of one another because I I like to believe that I definitely like to believe that and I and I do I think that people are nice <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of support out there and I think that we could rely on each other that being said there are a lot of people who don't think that way. And sometimes I find myself to be naive to think like that because I mean, people are out there, they're going to take advantage of you. People are going to use you as competition and they will use your head as a, like a step, a ladder step. And it's like, it's difficult to know who's who, especially in the arts industry. And I wish that more people supported each other. Like I wish the artists that I interviewed listened to each other's interviews so that they can like learn from each other and stuff. And I feel like that is something a lot of us lack because we think that, you know, 
room for success or room for yeah room for success is just so small but it's not because there's room for everyone it's just you gotta you gotta provide it and you gotta be okay with it and I also think that like the best thing you could do in the arts is to be a good person is to be a kind person all right well it was so nice meeting you guys and chatting with you guys thank you so much for being here definitely it was great talking to you yeah great talking to you thanks for having us on here planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at musicmentalitywithangie or email me at musicmentalitywithangie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.